Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. From iHeartMedia, this is Missing in Alaska, the story of two congressmen who vanished in 1972, and my quest to figure out what happened to them. I'm your host, John Walczak. At the end of every episode, I assign what some lovingly call homework, ways you can help move this story forward. And guess what? You have. I've heard from so many of you, and I really appreciate your help. In episode two, I asked you to help me find the ham radio operators who heard a mysterious transmission that allegedly came from the Begich Boggs plane the day it disappeared. I knew that two of the ham operators were dead, but I wasn't sure about the other four. Then I started to hear from you, our listeners. One person who emailed us was Ann Shepard of Abingdon, Maryland. Anne did some sleuthing and figured out that one of the hams, Ronald Crawford, was actually Donald Crawford. Newspapers misreported his name in 1972. Thanks to Anne, our assistant producer, Chris Brown, was able to speak with Don's son, Bain, who clearly remembers the incident. He said his father heard the alleged pilot say the plane was, quote, sliding. After Anne, leads continued to flow in, including one from Wyoming, where a couple heard my call for help. They told me they knew a man named Joe Tatum. He lived in an assisted living facility. 
He might be the Joe Tatum, one of the hams who heard the mystery transmission. They called him. Turns out he is the Joe Tatum, the last person alive who heard the transmission. That's me. Did they find the plane? (laughs) Tatum is 83. He lives in Evanston, Wyoming. Can you tell me, what did you hear? I heard a play, a pilot in a plane wanted help. And what did he, what did he say? Do you remember what he said? He said he's approximately 130 miles southwest of Juneau, Alaska. And I made, I made a map and had everything backwards because I did not know that, uh, they had anything about Alaska. I just picked it up on the radio and went from there. And did you actually speak with him or did you just hear the transmission? We heard the transmission. But you didn't have a chance to directly speak with him? No, I didn't. Uh, he's somewhere 130 miles from Juneau, Alaska, in the air. And did he say anything else? Did he did he say the plane was in distress? Yep, he said that uh, he didn't say the plane was in distress. He said he was approximately 130 miles southwest of Juneau, and that uh, they'd went down and hit hit the rocks, and uh, he had three casualties, and they uh, <laughs> they said the plane was slipping. That's all I heard. And then we lost it. Do you remember about how long uh, you heard these transmissions for? Was it a few minutes? Was it was it several times over the course of an hour? It was uh, probably about five minutes all total. Uh, time hearing him, trying to talk to him, and the plane going down. So you heard him while he was in the air, and then you say after he crashed? He evidently after he crashed, because we heard, I heard him in the air first. And he, when he said he was probably 130 miles southwest of Juneau. And the next, the next thing I knew, he said the plane had, had hit the rocks, and he was... Uh, had three casualties, and that's all we can tell you. Did you get a name? No, he he said to me he had three, he had uh, uh, passengers, and he had three casualties. And did, he didn't give no name, no name or nothing like that. All we, all I heard was just stress on the radio. Did you hear any tail number? Nope. And so I found your name in an old newspaper article. And as far as I could tell, um, there were, I think, four to five other men who heard this transmission. Um, do you mind if I pass their names by you and, and you tell me if you remember any of them? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Al Miller. If you, if you find that plane, I'd like to know it. <laughs> Absolutely, sir. Yes. <laughs> Um, uh, Al Miller? Uh, I'm not familiar. Uh, Victor Parker? Roy Harris? 
see, most of these guys on the radio then was all under false pretense. They, they didn't give their regular name. And we didn't know who was who until we, most of us may have met in the pilot in their plane. When you say under false pretense, you mean just because people didn't have official licenses? Yes. I wasn't a true ham operator. I had I had a CB radio strapped down to where I could talk to just about anybody I wanted to. So when you picked up this transmission, did you pick it up on a ham radio or on a CB radio? I picked it up on my ham receiver, and uh, most of it was heard on a CB radio. Gotcha. So, so just to be clear, you, you picked it up on, on a ham receiver, though? Yes. Um, and then, so you know, obviously you know more about radio than me, but you, you picked it up on the ham and a CB radio, or just on the ham? He, he, I, had it on, I had it on both. And the thing about it is, uh, he uh, must have had Channel 9 in his radio in that plane. Because we had we heard him plain and clear. Hmm. And so, um, do you remember any other details about what he said? I've slept since then. And so, you said that you made a map. Um, was that just you pulled out a map of Alaska and you and you were looking? No, uh, I didn't pull out a map of Alaska. I sat down and drawed me a piece of paper on a piece of paper where he was proximately met and where he was going. And I had it backwards because I didn't know that Juno was on the lower end and, and not down on the where he was at. I picked it all backwards and I was kind of dumbfounded over it. I felt a little stupid after I learned that that, that Juno was way down here next to our United States, and Alaska was up up the other day. Was further north, yeah. Uh, Juno's pretty low. You're right. I think you know most people, unless you look at a map, you think Alaska, and what you think of is the the northern part, and Juno's you know <laughs> all the way further down. But um, so, so you know, you said that he he mentioned being. Did you say 120 or 130 miles southwest of Juno? I heard him say approximately 130 miles. 130, just to be clear. Yep. And um, did he give and you any? After, I'm sorry. After I got up there and, and realized I was stupid, <laughs> that everything was backwards, I uh, kind of realized that. He, he wasn't where I thought he was because drawing a map backwards, they took the little maps I drawed. <laughs> the Air Force has got it somewhere up there. <laughs> and so the, the map that you drew, did he give you any other directions or indication other than just saying he was 130 miles southwest of Juneau? No, he didn't have much time to give us anything. What did his what did he what did he sound like? What was his per did he sound upset? Was he angry? He, he he needed help. 
he needed help because you could tell his voice and everything that he was in trouble. And we lost him. Do you remember the last thing that you heard from him? I think when he said 130 miles southwest of Juneau, Alaska. And so after you heard this transmission, who did you contact? What happened afterward? He, he hit the rocks and the plane was slipping. He had three casualties. And did you, did you call the police or who did you contact? Uh, we, we called uh, Camp Beale, I think it was, the air base. And they said they had it all already. And the next morning they had us meet at the air base and get on a plane and fly like Anchorage. And what was that experience like? Just, it was a plane ride I'd never had, and they they throwed the seats out of that big plane. They throwed all the seats out of it, lightened it up, and made room for us to get in it. It was a fuel jet, that's what they used. And you said the, the other men that flew up with you to Alaska, did you know any of them, or were they all new to you? I think Swamp Fox, I think, was one of them with us. And I knew, I knew I knew of him because I talked to him several times. And when I when I when I went by Channel Nine, picked up the, the last little part of what was going on. Uh, Swamp Fox is the one I went to first, and uh, I think Don Crawford out of Marysville was one of the boys. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, and uh, Don is the type of person you better be right because he don't want a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> he was he was he was on the radio. He he picked it up on Channel Nine and he hollered at me one because I'd already went by Channel Nine when I first picked it up. And then I was trying to get somebody to help me. Because <laughs> you can only hear so much in, on a radio. And the guy, he did need help. And I still think he's between Juno and Ketchikan or somewhere down in there. And so when you went to Alaska, did they were they just asking you a million questions or what was that process like in Alaska? We we sat for eighteen hours looking at pictures they'd taken already with the planes. Seeing if we recognized anything. Wait, they they had you look at pictures of, of what? It was we just went into an office type room and sat down and started looking and stuff. What were the pictures of? Most of them was shot from an airplane, from the air jets, I guess, when they was trying so, to locate somebody. So they they had you that you and the other ham operators looking over photos that they had taken to see if you could spot the wreck. Yep. 
that seems kind of seems kind of odd do you do you have any idea why they would ask you guys to do that in particular well they were trying to get see if we recognize anything that we might have seen from the air from their pictures and the thing about it is they uh they took a lot of pictures they did find a I think another plane they had been lost several years before up there in the ice. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know exactly what time there was, but they, I understood they did locate another plane, but it wasn't the one we were looking for. And you mentioned you mentioned Don Crawford. Who was the first person that you mentioned? Uh, Swamp Fox. Was his handle? Swamp Fox. Do you remember his name? Uh, not offhand, I don't. I've slept since then. Do you, by any chance, do you have a diary or any records from 1972? No, I haven't. I had family problems and a divorce and be married and everything else, and I. I haven't. I've got a radio upstairs in the attic. It might work if I get the dust blowed out of it. And when you heard this transmission, where in California? What city were you living in? Uh, I was living in Butte City, just out of Oroville, California. Wow. I had an antenna that I built, and I talked all over the world with it. So after they talked, the Air Force interviewed you guys, what the what Major Stalker, who was leading the search command, said was that he, they all believed the ham operators, that you guys were telling the truth, but they thought that the transmission was likely a hoax. What what do you think about that? Well, they they, they, they tried telling me that, I, that, that it was hoax. It wasn't right. But the thing about it is, there was too many of us heard it, and it wasn't all connected. There was one old man that was with us. I think he lived in Olivehurst or somewhere over there. And he took and uh, he swore up and down that we was trying try to pull a hoax. And then after he heard what went on up there, he wanted to know more about it too. <laughs> well, how, how I've still got I've still got part of that radio upstairs in the attic. Oh, really? You still... If I could if I could if I could record it backwards, I sure would for you. So you you still have part of the the um, radio receiver that you used when you received the transmission? Oh, I talked from California to South Korea. I talked to uh, ships off the coast of uh, Alaska. I talked to ships and boats. Uh, and, uh, they was, uh, I think, out from Korea, North Korea, South Korea. A U.S. Pinocchio took a ship years ago. But I... If it's a hoax, I want to know why, where and why. Because what I heard was somebody in stress wanted help. 
Huh. Well, the the tower, the radio tower that you built, do you remember how tall it was or any details about it? That antenna I used? Yes, sir. Was on top of a cedar tree. Uh probably 150 foot in the air. And and I apologize to ask this again, but when you first picked up the the plane transmission, that was via the ham receiver? Uh, yeah, it was on the ham receiver, but it was on channel 9, which was CB channel. Interesting. Okay. I had a habit. In fact, a lot of CBers had the habit. Every time you decide to change channel, you'd go by channel line and wait a few minutes. See if there was anybody wanting help. Or maybe somebody ran out of gas. Maybe somebody had a flat tire. I could I, I could pick that up on the radio. Mm-hmm. I went I went by channel nine, I think I I probably come off of uh, twenty four or some one of them higher other channels. I went by channel nine and I heard this pilot. He was, he was in stress. He was 130 miles southwest of Alaska, of Juneau. And he needed help. And I thought Juneau was way up on the other end of Alaska. And I was wrong. Have you ever been interviewed by a journalist before about this? Nope. So almost 50 years later, this is the very first time you've ever been interviewed about this. I got a phone call here about a week ago. Wanting to know if I was a Joe Tatum that they were talking about on radio. You know, one of the things since we're airing the show is that we're asking people for help. And uh, I had one listener who helped me figure out that uh, it was Donald, not Ronald. So Don Crawford. And um, and then a, a, another listener who found you. And which is which is amazing because I've, I've been looking for the longest time to try to speak to anybody. And... Like I said, oh, but, you're 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 the very last ham who's still alive. So, if you if you if you if you uh, got a call from a rancher, yeah, uh, the guy I work for, his son, mm-hmm. is the one that called me and wanted to know if I was the one they was talking about. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And I told him, yeah, I said. I was there looking for that plane, and I want to find out if they found it. Well, how, what, what an experience. I, I'm really happy that I found you. I, I, like I said, you're the last one who is alive, and as far as I could tell, nobody ever recorded an interview with any of the others, and nobody recorded an interview with you, so it's a little little piece of history, and I'm, I'm glad I had a chance to talk with you. Is, is there anything else that you remember or any questions that you want to ask me? If you find out something, I want to know. Yes, sir. I will call you. I, 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 I kind of thought, well, maybe they found something. Well, I'm, when they, I'm that, looking for that it. Kid, that kid called me wanting to know if I was the one from Alaska they were looking for. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. Okay. Uh, I, I appreciate it, Joe. I, I know I know who it who, who, who was now. <laughs> Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. You can reach us by phone at one eight three three mia tips That's one 642 8477 Again, one 
642-8477. Or you can reach us via email at tips at iheartmedia.com. That's tips, T-I-P-S, at iheartmedia.com. Ben Bolin is our executive producer. Paul Deccan is our supervising producer. Chris Brown is our assistant producer. Seth Nicholas Johnson is our producer. Sam Teagarden is our research assistant. And I'm your host and executive producer, John Walzak. You can find me on Twitter at, at John Walzak, J-O-N-W-A-L-C-Z-A-K. Special thanks to Ann Shepard and Joe Tatum. Thank you also to the couple in Wyoming who connected me with Joe. They declined to be named on the show. Missing in Alaska is a co-production of iHeartMedia and Greenfort Media. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.